Good morning, everyone. So, yeah, a little bit about myself. I thought I'm in a mixed bag right now because some of you guys have known me my whole life and some of you have just met because you guys are new to church. But I am Steph. I am the youth pastor here, as Paul said. <laughs> um, I youth pastor with my husband, Ben, and we have a baby named Frankie and it's a beautiful British bulldog <laughs> um, and we're living life. It's good. Um, so, oh, also, I'd just like to um, set aside and I would like to say thank you for everyone who sponsored a youth for summer camp. I mean, it was amazing how many of you guys donated um, for our youth and sponsored for them. We have a small church, but I believe that we have big hearts and we really invest into our youth and I love that about you guys. It's awesome. Um, and we have so many kids like from our community that reached out to me and were like, hey, I can't afford it. Can you, <laughs> you know, I need some help. And it's always hard to ask for money, but um, it's awesome how many kids we can get there. So it's good. So um, over this year or no, actually it's been over a year, over this pandemic, I have come to a realization, and I'm sure many of you guys have as well, and that is that I hate wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at all you guys in the crowd, I'm like, you know what? Thank goodness I'm up here, because <laughs> I don't need to wear that mask. You know, it's uncomfortable, it's itchy, it fogs up your glasses, it gives you pimples. It's just not fun, right? And you've got to constantly replace it as well. Because if you, I mean, I saw my dad's mask the other day. It was disgusting. I really thought you could get a disease looking at that thing. But, <laughs> look, but I think the worst thing about, yeah, yeah, you can't blame her for that. Look, I think the worst thing about wearing a mask is that it makes you smell your own breath, right? It is bad. And most of the time, your breath isn't smelling minty fresh or, you know, after you brush your teeth. It's not really smelling like that. It's normally smelling from your dinner that you just had last night or your breakfast or your morning coffee. Who knows coffee breath? It's nasty. Um, you know, so, of course, this morning, this is going to be my analogy, and I'm a visual learner, so if I can shove analogies in there, I will. Um, so, if you're taking notes, the title of my message today is Bad Breath. Yeah. Now, bad breath can be a result of many different things, like not brushing your teeth morning and night, being dehydrated, or possibly you can have a medical issue that could make you have bad breath and not just brushing the teeth and drinking water can fix. I'll pray for you guys if you have that, all right? <laughs> um, so... The mask forces us to smell our own breath. And we, this morning, we're going to smell our spiritual breath. Ooh. So how am I going to relate this to the Bible? Here we go. So 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And this morning, we're going to test ourselves. Amen. So in that verse, Paul, the guy who wrote Corinthians, is asking you guys to have a spiritual checkup, you know, because the enemy can use weaknesses, struggles, sin in our life to push us away from God's presence. And that is what we're going to smell tonight. 
I mean today, sorry, I'm so used to youth, you know. Um, <laughs> so we as Christians, we want to be the best possible witnesses we can be of Jesus Christ. You know, our goal is to serve the Lord and share the gospel. And we, if something is in our lives holding us back from achieving those goals, we want to sort it out, right? And that's what we're going to try to do this morning, hopefully make, push you in the right direction, maybe. Um, so this morning, we are going to smell our own breath. Mm. And you guys are probably doing it right now. I've said it once and you're like, oh, shouldn't have had that coffee, right? <laughs> um, so my first point this morning is find the smell. So we put on a mask, it forces us to smell our own breath. And sometimes we need to be forced to smell our own self and see what stinks spiritually, right? You know, because whether we acknowledge it or not, we all have sin, we all have wounds, you know, we all have weaknesses in our lives. You know, there is no perfect parent, there is no perfect friend, sibling, spouse, you know, relative, whatever it may be. You know, we live in an imperfect world with imperfect humans. You know, we can lash out and we can hurt others around us because why? We are also imperfect. Sorry to say, everyone. I know. We're not perfect. Crazy. I know. You know, the difference between us and this, you know, imperfect world is that we know Christ. Right? You know, forgiveness and healing is always, always available to us. You know, God will not heal what you hide. I believe that there are things in our lives that we hide from God and we hide from others because of shame, fear of rejection, fear of like embarrassment, all these kind of things we hide because of fear. And, you know, these are the type of things that we don't really bring up in our connect groups and we try to hide them from God, you know, the wounds, the sin that we keep to ourselves. You know, and hoping one day they may just fade away. But by keeping sin in our lives, you know, it can be hindering what God wants to do. You know, God wants to heal what you hide. You know, the difference between this world and God is this. The world seeks to identify our flaws and our failures so that we can understand ourselves and accept ourselves as we are. And coming from an outside perspective, when I read that, I was like, I want to understand who I am. I want to accept who I am. Why wouldn't I want to do that? But listen to the difference. God reveals our flaws, our faults, and our failures in us so that we can address them and overcome them. I would much rather overcome my struggles than accept them as I am. And that's what God does. So Proverbs 28:13 People who conceal their sin will not prosper but if they confess and turn from them they will receive mercy. We see this in the beginning of the Bible we see Adam and Eve they you know grab that fruit of good and evil evil and they disobey God and they are the first people to ever sin in this world ever right the pressure was all on them but before they did sin god had a relationship with adam and eve you know he god just didn't you know create adam and eve out of nothing and said yep all right see you later mate here's a garden have fun he created them for a relationship you know he created them 
just like we were created for a relationship with God. And I'm going to read from, where am I? Uh, Genesis 3, 8 to 10. Um, So Adam and Eve have just taken a bite out of that apple. They've disobeyed God. They're embarrassed. They're shameful. They're naked. They realize they're naked. And um, they're hiding. So I'll take it from verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. God, just casually walking in the garden, cool of day, probably has his sandals on, feeling it in, you know, the breeze through his toes. And, uh, <laughs> and I think it's, it's funny because it shows the relationship they had with God. You know, God was there searching for them. Um, and it says, And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And um, I was reading that, and it just shows you God's character already, because he's already giving them free will to say, Lord, I'm here, you know, this is what I did. Or he's saying, you, you know, you could totally ignore God and run away out of the garden, do your own thing. You know, God is giving them free will in that moment because there's a relationship with them. And I thought it was funny when I read that because it's kind of like when you play hide-and-go-seek with a little kid and you clearly see their little feet underneath the curtains and he's still screaming out, come out, come out, where you are, you know, where are you? And you play this game with them, and, but you clearly know where they are, right? Um, so verse 10, it says, he answered. So Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. The thought of two humans covering themselves in fig leaves, hiding behind a shrub, trying to hide from the all-knowing, all-seeing God is humorous, right? Like, how could they actually think they could hide from God? But you probably saw this coming. We do the same, right? You know, we act as though God doesn't know what we are doing. You know, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And I believe this morning that God is calling out to you this morning, where are you? You know, he's calling out, where are you right now? Where are you in your life? Why are you hiding from me? Show me your true self. Show me what you're struggling with. You know, do not hide from me. You know, God wants to heal what you hide. You know, he needs you to find that stench in your life that thing that you constantly struggle with, that thing that is just there all the time, you know, the anger, it could be a childhood trauma, it could be broken relationships, drugs, alcohol, gossip, pride, whatever it may be, you know, God is wanting you to let him smell your breath. You know, God is wanting him to let, you know, let you, let him smell your sin. He wants to heal what you hide. You know, letting someone smell your breath is embarrassing. It's shameful. You know, you feel gross about it. But to overcome these struggles in our lives, this is the way to do it. At the end of the day, we don't want anything to come in between us and the presence of God. 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless of course you fail the test 
Do you smell that, Westside? We are smelling our breath, we are acknowledging our sin, and we're giving it to God. Now, my second point this morning is get help for the smell. Now, I've, I have a deep, deep love for garlic. I love it. If I could, I'll put in everything I you know, cook. You know, if the recipe says two cloves of garlic, I will put four, maybe five. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's probably the inner Greek in me, but, you know, <laughs> but I love it. And my poor, poor husband is always telling me that I have bad garlic breath. And I just never believe him. I just think, you know, he's being dramatic. How dare he say this about my breath? And, uh, and I actually didn't believe him because I could not smell. Now, growing up, I had no, like, I couldn't breathe through my nose, right? So I had no sense of smell. Well, I had a little bit, but not much. And uh, early this year, I finally got surgery done, which opened up my airways, fixed my deviated septum, all that fun stuff. And I can now smell. It is good, right? I smelled the rain for the first time and it smells like dirt. I'm not missing out on much, but <laughs> you know, it was, it was good. It's good to smell, but I now know what Ben has been struggling with, right? Because I got my nose fixed this year. So I put on my mask after like, you know, roast lamb, garlic potatoes, and tzatziki. And in the morning, I put on the mask and it's, man, it's bad. Like, it nearly knocked me out. It was, it was pretty bad. But without that surgery to my nose, I'd still be living a life of bad garlic breath. You know, I physically could not help myself out from that issue. You know, I really needed someone there surgery to get that done right and we have sin and wounds that we struggle with like most of our lives and it's really hard to get ourselves up out of that pit you know we need others you know I needed someone skilled in that you know in surgery to fix my nose I needed someone that learnt the ropes to go into my nose fix up whatever they did and heal me like I could not you know, rock up to my pastors and be like, oh, hey, look, can you just get the first aid kick and, and come in there and fix up my nose? No, I needed someone skilled in that profession. You know, we have sins in our lives that we can't do alone. You know, we need help from God, but also an external source. You know, we need someone in our lives to keep us accountable and support us through the healing process. James 5:16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That is why we come to church. You know, we are a community of people that help and encourage each other in the faith. You know, we need to help we need to seek help from the skilled professionals, the ones trained up by God for us. You know, our pastors, our counsellors, our prayer ministry leaders, our connect group leaders, you know, we need to seek help from these guys because God has given, placed them in our lives for a reason to support us through the struggles that we go through. 
you know, to have people behind the scenes constantly praying for you. You know, don't let fear come in between you seeking help from the people around you. You know, when we confess our sins, you know, we receive forgiveness and we sometimes assume that the habit of that sin goes away as well. But most of the time when God forgives us, we're still left with that certain habit um, and of that sin and it stays in our lives. And I think from that moment of forgiveness, we need to start the healing process. You know, we need that counseling to, from God to break the habit of, our, of the sin in our lives. You know, we need to have a constant relationship with Jesus so that he's able to deliver us through our daily struggles. You know, one of the reasons why we get bad breath is because we're dehydrated. And we can't just have a cup of water once a week. You know, we need to drink water to stay hydrated. We need, we need to drink water every day and a lot of it, you know, to stay hydrated. You know, we need to be having God counselling us through his word every day, you know, so we don't fall back into that habit. Um, a few weeks ago, we had Pastor Louis, he shared his testimony and he had a drug addiction and he came to the Lord, he came to church and he gave his life to the Lord and he got forgiveness, but he went back home and he still had that habit of taking drugs, right? And in his, you know, he was desperate for change. He was desperate to break this cycle, desperate to break this habit. So he cried out to God and he said, Lord, help me, deliver me through this. And God replied, he's like, look, every time you have that urge, read the word. Every time you have that urge to go into that habit of sin, read the word. And God delivered him through that addiction. It was good. I wouldn't be here today, right? <laughs> um, so, where am I up to? All right, so seek help for the sin in your life. You know, don't think that it's just going to fade away because... I don't want to be discouraging or anything because I have a third point, but sometimes you may have a certain struggle that you will deal with for the rest of your life. And don't be discouraged because my third point is managing the smell. And there's someone in the Bible that we see has a certain struggle for the rest of his life. And he asks for healing from God and he never gets healed. And, you know, this is the Apostle Paul, you know, you think if someone was in the Bible that was going to get healed, it would be the Apostle Paul, right? But, but he still didn't get healed. And um, we're going to read a bit of the story of him, but a bit of background. You know, he is receiving these uh, revelations um, and visions from God. Like, he's gone up to the third heavens. Like, you know, God takes him to his house, like, does a housewarming party and stuff. I don't know what he does. Um, and he's just talking about that at the beginning of this verse, and he's saying, oh, um, you, know, you know, I will not boast about these um, things because in verse 6 it says, even if I choose, oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 12, 6 to 10, even if I choose to boast, I will not be a fool because I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. 
all because of these passing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. But I said to but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul received a a thorn in his flesh, and no one really knows what it was. Uh, There's a lot of commentaries about it, but I just don't think that was the point of that scripture. You know, that thorn that he was given was there to remind him that he needed to depend on God's strength. You know, you may have something in your life, a certain struggle, sin, or a wound that you're not sure why God has not taken this from you. And, you know, I don't know either, but I do know that God always has a reason. You know, this, particularly this moment is when we need to have our faith to kick in and fight off that doubt that we may have in God because we don't receive that healing. You know, in that verse, Paul pleaded with God three times. Now, look, that doesn't sound like a lot to me because I feel like I'm talking to God every day and I'm asking like 10, 20 times, like, Lord, can you help me out in this situation? Like, you know, but I think it was a lot because Paul had a closeness with Jesus. He had a closeness with God. And it reminded me of when you go to the shops and you, you're a little kid and you grab something off the shelf and you run up to your parents like, hey, can you buy this for me? And they say, nah, go put it back, no. And, um, and you're like, ooh, do they hear me? <laughs> Maybe I'll ask again. And then you run up to them and you're like, oh, can I grab this? And they say, no, put it back. And you know that third time you ask, you're going to get a whoop it. No, <laughs> uh, you know you're going to get the final answer that third time. <clears throat> and of, of course, you know, they say, no, put it back. But um, no, they did buy me stuff, guys. I'm not, <laughs> no. Um, look, and I think that's what happened with Paul and God. You know, Paul probably knew that third time he was, you know, he was going to get an answer and he did. And it was still no. Um, but I'll read it again. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I love this scripture. Paul stops praying for a change in his circumstance, and Paul has a change in his attitude. You know, he goes from praying for healing, for the struggle to be taken from him, and God answers, like, look, when you're weak, I am strong. And from that moment, Paul changes his attitude. He changes his attitude towards his weakness. I think the first thing we got to do is to change our attitude. Change your attitude towards your weakness, towards your struggles. You know, don't wallow in it. You know, don't let the sin in your life, don't be a victim to the sin in your life. You know, change your attitude, change your life. 
Verse 10, it says, This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are weak, we are dependent on God's strength to get us through life. You know, never think it's our strength. Paul was reminded daily that without God's strength, he would feel that struggle of that thorn in his life. You know, we need God to get us through the day. Just like Pastor Louis, when he was going through his drug addiction, he needed God to get him through that addiction. He needed God every day to fight off that habit. You know, when I'm weak, he is strong. You know, there's a reason why we need to brush our teeth morning and night. Bacteria can build up in the mouth within a very short space of time, which is why it's important to brush your teeth at least twice a day. If bacteria, was, uh, if bacteria is left in the mouth and on the teeth for a long period of time, it can damage the enamel of your teeth. To remove unwanted bacteria is by brushing alongside daily flossing, using mouthwash. You know, that will rid you of bad breath, leaving you looking and feeling healthier. I feel like I just read an ad. Uh, <laughs> You know, spending, God, spending time in God's presence morning and night gives the enemy no power to grow and manifest in our lives, leaving us to be mentally, spiritually, emotionally, maybe physically, who knows, healthier. You know, the longer we go without God's presence, the longer the unwanted bacteria, the unwanted sin will come into your life and create damage, taking you off the path God plan for you. Um, I just get the band up this morning. So, find the smell. Find what that thing in your life that you are struggling with. You know, what is that constant battle for you? What are you constantly dealing with? And we're going to give it to God. You know, God is screaming out, where are you? Where are you right now? What are you dealing with? Why have I not heard from you? Where are you in the mornings? You know, I want to know you. I want to know what you're struggling with because God wants to heal what you hide. You know, you've got to let God smell that bad breath. You've got to let God into the ugly because that's the only way he's going to be able to heal. You know, get help for the smell. Get help for the sin. You know, we're not going to do this alone. Like I said, we've got skilled professionals here at Westside, you know, that have been given to us, placed here by God to help us through these struggles, to help us through the wounds, to help us through the weaknesses, whatever it may be. You know, they are here to pray for us and support us. Manage the smell. Manage the sin. We're going to overcome sin. You know, we're not going to let sin overcome us. In God's strength, we are going to overcome sin by changing our attitudes because change your attitude can change your life. Because when we are weak, He is strong. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let's stand this morning. You know, we are going to have a spiritual checkup.
we're examining ourselves to see whether or not there is something in our lives that is pushing us away from God's presence. You know, we as Christians, we want to be the best possible witnesses of Jesus Christ we can be. You know, our goal is to serve the Lord, share the gospel. You know, if there's something in our lives that is holding us back, we need to sort it out. You know, we want to be able to be up on this stage sharing our testimonies with scars instead of wounds. You know, and no one likes to talk to someone with bad breath, (laughs) except for Jesus. (laughs) You know, before we go into worship, I'm just going to speak this last verse over all of us this morning and pray it over us this morning. And it's Psalms 109, 23, 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I'm just going to pray this morning and then we're going to worship. Lord, I just thank you for being in your house this morning, being able to praise your name. In the chaos of this season, Lord, we're here to find peace, and that peace is you, Lord. Lord, this morning I pray for every individual here that they can find whatever is in them that is causing them to stumble, causing them to struggle through this life, Lord. Lord, I pray that they are able to find that stench, find whatever is hurting them, Lord, and give it to you. They're able to give it to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that fear of reputation, fear of failure, fear of shame does not get in the way of seeking help for these things, Lord. Lord, I pray that we are able to have a great, honest, open relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I pray that this morning you just touch our hearts. Let them know that you are here, Lord. You're there wanting to heal what they hide, Lord. In Jesus' name, let's worship. <laughs> 